0: hey it's kylie gable welcome to another episode of the feminization boudoir podcast from candy apple press um i had no idea what i was going to record tonight i have so many different audios out right now with so many different people and i love it sometimes i feel like i'm a conductor i write the stories but then the thing that's awesome is trying to figure out what story goes with what voice and um One of the ones that I gave out right after Christmas was Jen Davis. And like I said, at like 1 o'clock last night, I had no idea what I was going to be doing. And all of a sudden, I got an email from Jen asking me a question about something with the story. And I'm like, oh, she's almost done. So thank goodness she got it done today. Because I have no idea what it would have been otherwise. We do have a lot of stories coming from a lot of different people. It's going to be a great season. I'm I'm thrilled. Um, so this particular story is a little bit of an older one. It's um, called "She Stole My uh, My Manhood." There's a sequel which which Jed is working on now called "She Stole My Wife." But this is a very complete story. Um, you won't even notice that it's you know there's a second part to it. And um, you know this is one of those where a woman just gets pushed a little bit too far. So. Without further ado, here's Miss Jen Davis with She Stole My map.
1: Mark Peely stood against the back of the elevator, holding his coach briefcase, when a woman rushed in just before the door closed. He resisted the urge to stare, but as he saw her perfectly manicured index finger press the button for the 14th floor, he couldn't help saying a silent prayer of thanks for the HR department. You see, Mark also worked on the 14th floor. He was the top salesman and four-state insurance, and it was that success that afforded him the lifestyle he loved. At thirty years old, he had everything he had ever wanted. He had a fat bank account, a palatial home in the suburbs, and a beautiful wife whose whole world revolved around him, and even the occasional extracurricular conquest on the side. Mark wasn't exactly muscle-bound. His body was more like a bicyclist or a swimmer with piercing blue eyes and lustrous, sandy brown hair that women loved to run their fingers through. This woman on the elevator was a remarkable specimen in her own right. He guessed she was about twenty-five and dressed professionally, but with a skirt short enough to show her knees and tight enough to display her amazing ass. She had long black hair, and though he only caught a quick glance at them her face was flawless and her breasts were full and pert fourteenth floor you're going up to four state he asked it was a boring opening remark but it had the advantages of both requiring a response and being innocuous enough yes i am she said are you a client or an employee i'm an employee this is my first day well, welcome aboard. My name is Mark. I'm the company's top salesman. I'll be sure to look out for you. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to come to me. I know they work you CSRs hard. Hi, she replied. My name is Samantha Trimble, and I'm actually joining the sales force, so I'm sure I'll see you around. A woman on the sales force? They'd never had a woman in sales before. Mark was dumbfounded. Hot or not, sales was a man's job, with very long hours and very big bar tabs. It was no place for a woman. Fortunately, the elevator door opened and saved him from having to make a reply. He simply responded with a weak, Yeah, see you around, as they both left the elevator. No sooner had he reached his office than Max Benzinger was knocking on his door. Benny, as everybody called him, was responsible for a lot of those late nights and hard drinking. He was 35 years old with a baby face and about 10 extra pounds to lose right around the midsection. Benny taught Mark the ins and outs of the sales game, though Mark had soon surpassed the teacher. Hey, buddy, said Benny. Word is they hired Roger's replacement. Is that so, said Mark. I think I saw the new salesperson taking the elevator up. Did you get any kind of feeling for him? What's he like? He's a she, and smoking hot. A woman? Yeah, I don't like it either, said Mark. I'm still going to bang her, but then I hope we can get rid of her and replace her with a proper salesman. You're going to fuck the new saleswoman? Can't wait to hear your desk pounding against my office wall, joked Benny. Unfortunately for both men, Benny's back was turned to the hallway where Samantha was currently standing. He also blocked her from Mark's view, which is why Mark felt free to make crude gestures as he pretended to fuck the new associate up against a desk. Hi, Max, isn't it? asked Samantha, suddenly stepping into view. I've already met Mark on the elevator up. I'm Samantha, the new salesperson. Shamefaced, Mark stopped his lewd act and stared up at his new colleague. Oh, hi, said Benny nervously, hoping she hadn't heard his comment. Call me Benny, everybody else does. Sure, Benny, she said, extending her hand. Even as they shook hands, Benny couldn't shake the feeling that this woman was a barracuda. He hoped she hadn't heard his comment, but he was sure that she had. The day marked a big change in the office. As a boys' club, the vibe had been a lot like a locker room with the four men on the sales team playing crude pranks on each other, getting wasted at lunch, and referring to each other as pussies. Samantha made all those behaviors much more awkward. She also had proven herself to be a great salesperson, and nothing made Mark angrier than that. One afternoon, Mark and Benny were having a four-martini lunch at Brennan's Pub, when Mark broached the subject of their new co-worker. She's ruining everything. I said sales was no place for a woman, and I was right, slurred Mark. You were so right, agreed Benny, as he swayed in his seat to maintain his balance. She's going to ruin every fucking thing. Soon we're going to have to wear skirts and those things they wear under their jackets. Huh? You know, they're lacy and frilly. You mean blouses? Blouses? No, Benny. They've got straps, pantomimed Mark. You do that way too well, joked Benny. I'm serious, man. If we don't stop her now, we'll be bringing salads to eat with the CSRs on our lunch breaks, too, said Mark. Well, what can we do, asked Benny. I'm going to make it my business to drive her out, said Mark. You know I can. When they got back to work, both men had their judgment good and clouded by their alcohol consumption. Samantha started her lunch later, and was still gone when they came back. Mark immediately went to his computer and found the perfect image of a naked woman sprawled out on an executive desk. He put a caption on it that read, How Samantha Got Her Job, and taped it to the door of her office. He was almost giddy with anticipation waiting for her to return. When Samantha saw the picture, she was pissed. Real classy, guys. I might have had a client with me, you know. I don't know why you're accusing us, said Mark indignantly. I never accused you. But even if you didn't put it up, you could see it very clearly from your desk. The decent thing to do would have been to take it down. I try not to get involved in inner office squabbles. You're drunk, too, said Samantha. If you want a war, bitch, bring it on. Gladly, said Mark. You need to quit. Hey, genius, you still have one of the windows on your browser open up to a porn site. Just because it's not the top window doesn't mean nobody can see the tab. I bet if I open it, I'll find the picture you put on my door. Mark was crude and crass, and an HR department's biggest nightmare. But as long as he was the top guy on the sales chart... People looked the other way for him. He just assumed that they always would. About a week after the incident with the X-rated picture, Mark came home from work to find his wife Gina waiting for him. Gina was a teacher who was at school until 3.30, while Mark usually got home from the office close to 7. Things like cooking dinner and doing the dishes naturally fell to her, even though she usually had to use most of the time between getting home and Mark's arrival, grading papers, and preparing lessons. Mark was as proud of his wife as he was of his sports car or the million-dollar house they lived in. Ever since he saw her walking across campus in her Alpha Gamma Delta sweater, he knew he would marry her. Gina was two years younger than Mark, but she was also the sensible one of the pair. Mark loved the way that other men checked out his wife's body. They could look, but they had better not touch. She still wore her hair long and looked nothing like a dumpy housewife. Hey, I got a call from Heather today, said Gina, as Mark entered the door. Is that one of your friends? asked Mark dismissively as he thumbed through the mail. No, she's one of your employees. She's a customer service representative. Honestly, I don't know all those people, said Mark. I'm too busy to learn all their names. Well, she was calling because they want you to give the keynote at the Midwest Area Insurance Convention and Expo this year. Fantastic, said Mark. That's a good sign for me. The keynote has an inside track on the Mace Salesman of the Year. Mace was short for Midwest Area Insurance Convention and Expo. "'Well, the ball is going to be very different this year. We need to go over what you're going to wear,' said Gina. "'Oh, that stuff bores me to tears. I trust whatever you pick out for me.' "'I don't think you understand,' began Gina. "'And I don't want to,' interrupted Mark. "'Whatever you pick out is fine.' If you're sure, I guess. I can do it. I may have to buy some things. Get whatever you need. This is a big deal, so I want to look my best. I think you'll look amazing, giggled Gina. I want to see some pictures. (laughs) The next day at the office, Mark was all smiles. He couldn't wait to brag to Benny about being a shoe-in for Salesman of the Year. He was even more excited about rubbing Samantha's nose in it. Guess who's giving the keynote at this year's Mace convention, sang Mark as he stopped at Samantha's open office door. Oh, do tell me, said Samantha with mock excitement. This is just burning you up with jealousy, isn't it? Spare me, said Samantha dismissively. I'm going to. There's a big difference between going and winning Salesman of the Year. You're sure cocky about it, said Samantha. I'm just confident. We'll see how that works out for you, said Samantha. The keynote is at the ball, right? Yeah, hope you have a dress that's appropriate. I hope you do too, said Samantha. Very funny. You're not worried about the theme? No, my wife is picking out my outfit, said Mark. As she watched Mark and Benny walk out to lunch together, Samantha picked up her phone and dialed the customer service department. Hi, Heather, it's Samantha. I owe you lunch. Do you want to collect now? Great. The day before the convention, Samantha knocked on her boss's door. John Siebel was a third-generation insurance salesman who had worked himself up to run one of the Midwest's largest insurance companies. I wanted to talk to you, Mr. Siebel, but what I'm going to tell you needs to be kept in total confidence. I'm not really comfortable with those kind of promises, said Siebel. Why don't you tell me what it's all about, and I promise to use good judgment. This is my first year going to the mace, and I'm a bit nervous, said Samantha. You've earned it. You've actually been our top salesman since you've arrived. We don't like to publicize that, but it's true. Because of Mark? Yeah, no reason to upset him, said Siebel. Now, why do you want to see me? Well, it's about Max Benzinger. Benny? What did he do? Well, nothing yet, anyway. I was asking him about the convention. I always thought it was very important to a company like ours. Oh, it definitely is. Well, Max told me he's not even bringing a suit or shaving. He said the trip is just an excuse to buy overpriced drinks at the hotel bar. Benny's always been a bit of a slob for a salesman. I'll talk to him. You can't, said Samantha. I don't want him to know I told you. Couldn't you write an email? I suppose. Seems kind of passive-aggressive, but if it'll help, I don't see why not. Oh, thank you, Mr. Siebel. Benny and Samantha sat next to each other in coach for the flight to Des Moines, while Mark had enough miles to upgrade to first class. By the time the plane landed, Mark had downed six Four Roses single-barrel whiskeys. If he was nervous about a speech at the benefit ball that night, he didn't show it. Benny and Mark would share a room at the hotel Fort Des Moines while Samantha had an adjoining room next door. The convention took over the entire hotel and housing was at a premium. No sooner had Benny settled into the room and unpacked than he knocked on Samantha's door and asked her if she wanted to go down to the hotel bar with him and Mark. Samantha readily accepted, but Mark knew he'd had a few too many already and declined, saying he wanted to work on a speech. Suit yourself, big guy, said Benny, as he took Samantha's arm and the two of them walked to the elevator together. Benny would never betray Mark, but during the plane ride Benny had seen another side of Samantha, and it was a sigh that he liked very much. The drinks on the airplane had clearly had their effect on Mark. When Samantha returned to her room about an hour before the ball was to begin, she found him asleep on his bed, with a speech laying on his chest. She was thrilled that she had left the adjoining door open when Benny had invited her down for drinks. Racing over to Mark's side, Samantha began shaking him forcefully. Even so... It still took a while before his eyes slowly began to open. "'What are you doing?' he groaned. "'The ball is in an hour,' she said. "'Aren't you giving the keynote?' "'So I know most of what I'm saying. It'll be great,' assured Mark. "'Yeah, but you still have to get ready.' "'Relax. I had my wife pack me something to wear,' said Mark, motioning to a black garment bag hanging on his closet door. "'Well, if you hurry up, I'll help you with your makeup,' said Samantha." Very funny, replied Mark. What? You think you can do it yourself? It took me almost 40 minutes to do Benny's, she lied. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. You better check the garment bag, then. This is crazy, said Mark, as he practically fell out of bed and trudged over to the garment bag. He was shocked to find a short purple halter dress inside along with a pair of black pumps and appropriate lingerie in the bag. Samantha was delighted with Gina's choices. Why did she pack this for me? Asked Mark rhetorically. It's the theme of the ball, remember? Replied Samantha in mock exasperation. Well, They can't expect me to dress up if I'm giving the keynote. Girlfriend, they not only want you to dress up, but Stiber is insisting on it. Didn't you read the memo? Mark grabbed his phone and quickly opened his office email. Sure enough, It was right there in black and white. You are representing four state insurance and, as such, are expected to present a perfect appearance at the ball. There is no excuse for not shaving or not going the extra mile in your dress or makeup. Samantha was proud that she convinced Stiber to add the makeup part under the pretext that he didn't want to show favoritism by making it appear that the memo didn't apply to her. I read it, but I never paid much attention. What does he mean by shaving? Just my face, I hope. Everything, said Samantha. Why don't you go take a hot bath and shave? I'll go and get myself ready and then come over and help you get dressed and made up. Do we have enough time? We don't if we spend all day in here talking. Get a move on it, she said. It took Mark a while to get the hang of shaving his body. "'but he was making good progress when Samantha barged into the bathroom. "'He was more ashamed that she was seeing him hairless than naked, "'though he still scrambled to cover himself with a tiny red washcloth. "'What do you think?' asked Samantha. "'He was surprised at how good she looked. "'Her hair was piled up on her head under a fedora "'while she had on a black suit and a fake mustache.' She looked like a cabaret performer he had seen in some German detective show on Netflix that Gina was crazy about. Somehow her masculine attire emphasized her femininity rather than concealing it. Don't you knock, asked Mark. No time for pleasantries, she replied. Let me help. You're being very nice, Samantha, said Mark. Maybe I was wrong about you. We'll talk about this later. Remember, you're representing our company. Seeing you give the keynote tonight is going to be very exciting for me. Well, I'll try not to disappoint you. I'm sure you won't, said Samantha, as she ran the pink plastic razor under Mark's left arm. The whole makeover and change of clothes was done at breakneck speed. It wouldn't do for Mark to be late to the ball, if it could be avoided. The dinner would be streamed live on the Mace website, and undoubtedly would be watched anxiously by Siebel and the rest of management. After coming out of the bathtub, Samantha handed Mark a fluffy white towel and told him to pat himself dry rather than rubbing. He was pleased that Samantha didn't seem to have a big problem with seeing him naked. Let's get you dressed, said Samantha, handing him a pair of panties. One thing I'll say, your wife has excellent taste. She married me, didn't she? asked Mark predictably. Samantha forced herself to laugh. (laughs) She didn't want Mark to think she was anything but an extremely supportive colleague. It felt so weird to turn his back to Samantha so that she could fasten the halter-style bra around his chest. The bra had some padding and gave Mark a cup size somewhere between A and B. Samantha was confident that she could get it to a full B with proper stuffing. "'Have you ever worn a pantyhose before?' asked Samantha. "'No, of course not,' replied Mark." It's not that difficult, said Samantha, but you have to be careful when you pull them up, or you'll run them. Samantha demonstrated, and with Mark being cautious, he was able to pull the sheer nude pantyhose up to his waist. The dress that Gina had selected was absolutely perfect. It hugged him perfectly, accentuating aspects of his body that could be seen as feminine, while de-emphasizing anything masculine about him at all. Samantha was surprised that despite being in relatively good shape, his shoulders didn't have any more definition than your average woman. Mark awkwardly stepped into the black pumps his wife had packed for him before declaring, There is no way I can walk in these things. Yeah, she may have been better off packing flats, but we can't do anything about that now. I can't make you graceful in them in the time that we have, but I can at least show you how to walk in them without breaking your neck. It's a start, said Mark. By the time they were done with walking practice, it was time for the ball to start, a fact that Samantha saw no reason to announce to him. Samantha went for a very flashy look. With all eyes on Mark, she wanted to make sure they had something to focus on. It was a cliche, but she went with smoky eyes and bright red lips. With the makeup complete, she sprayed him thoroughly with her perfume. The wig that Gina had sent with her husband was kind of cheap for her tastes. It was probably used for a Halloween costume, where it would be fine. However, there was something fake-looking about it, and she wanted Mark to be more convincing than that. She decided it'd have to do. We're running late, said Mark, finally noticing the time. I'm sure we just missed some mingling, said Samantha, pulling him over to look at his reflection in the full-length mirror on the back of the hotel's room's closed door. Wow, you did a great job, exclaimed Mark, who was amazed at how feminine he felt he looked. He might not have had been quite passable, but he was at least very convincing. I just had a lot to work with, said Samantha. You really have the body and face for this sort of thing, you know. We better get down there, said Mark. Hold on a second, she said, picking up Mark's wallet and keys and putting them in a spare black sequin purse she had conveniently brought with her. They took the elevator down to the hotel ballroom, chatting and giggling the entire way. Mark decided that he had definitely been wrong about Samantha. She wasn't cold and calculating, but warm and caring. He resigned himself to see if he could convince her that what had happened in Des Moines stayed in Des Moines. He wanted to give her a good and thorough fucking tonight. The elevator doors opened and the cross-dressed pair stepped out of the elevator just across from the ballroom. They had taken longer than they had planned. From the ballroom, the voice of the Mace president, Orville Henderson, echoed out into the hallway. Mark could hear that he was being introduced as the next speaker. This was cutting things way too close. I've only known him for four years now, but I honestly believe that with men like Mark Peely, the future of the insurance industry is in great shape. Please put your hands together for our keynote speaker this evening, Mark Peely, said Henderson, warming up the crowd. Okay, I'm on, said Mark, unconsciously straightening his dress. Break a leg, said Samantha, as he raced inside as fast as his high heel, encased feet, could take him. He knew that in an environment like this convention, high energy was important. He shook Henderson's hand firmly and stepped up to the microphone. I absolutely love the May's convention, began Mark. I feel like, surrounded by all these other insurance salesmen, I can finally let my hair down and be myself. I see so many familiar... It was only then that Mark looked out on the audience and realized that he was the only one cross-dressed there tonight. The room was packed with insurance agents now staring slack-jawed at Mark, confused about what was transpiring. Mark glanced to the main entrance to the room and in walked Samantha. No longer cross-dressed... He could hear her heels clicking off the floor as she walked over towards Four State's insurance table with a shit-eating grin on her face. I bet you're wondering why I'm dressed this way, said Mark nervously. The buzz that had been growing in the crowd subsided a bit as everyone craned their necks to hear what his explanation was.
0: So that was Miss Jen Davis with She Stole My Manhood. Um, it's We're doing a little bit different this time. It'll be available on Clips for Sale in about three weeks um, from me. But you can get it from uh, Jen's store on Clips for Sale. And uh, I have it up for sale on both I Want Clips and then also Night Flirt under Ms. CA. And there's links to that down below. Um, I am really happy with how things have been going this week. My Patreon has been booming, which is great. I sometimes have been a little bit bad about neglecting it till the end of the month. And I'm trying really hard not to do that because there's new people who don't know that eventually you do get good stuff on there if you're patient. And I I don't want to ask them to be patient right off the bat. Uh, And then the other thing is I've got like three custom requests. And I like doing customs. And so... um, Having, you know, three is about, you know, two more than I ever have at a time, usually. So things have been going really good in the new year. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> things will start picking up for this country, too. So I, um, I am just want you know, how much appreciative I am of everybody. Um, we've got a great stable. Well, I don't like that term. We've got a great bunch of women who uh, record for us. And the reason they do is because they know... There's a big audience of listeners out there, and not just, you know, to sell audios, but also if they are doing phone sex or they have their own clip stores or whatever, and they know that there's this group of, of listeners who are into this, and it gives them a chance to introduce themselves to you, that's really valuable for them, which is why I have great, you know, women asking and happy to record for me. I have a new one who I think will be getting an audio today or tomorrow. And, um, you know, old friends like Faith coming back. You know, it's going to be a great season, I think, on, on this particular podcast. So, that's it for this week. I will be back next week. I think it might be Raina Means Queen. It might be Shayla. I don't really know. But I promise you it'll be good. All right, have a great week. Be back next Monday.